Hi, welcome to Zenith Podcast. I'm your host, Caesar, and I'm here with a very special guest. He's a photographer, a graphic designer, and soon-to-be old friend, Joseph Martin. Welcome. Hello, welcome. Yep, and uh, I say this, I say soon-to-be old friend because we uh, fairly became friends about two years ago, right? A little over two years now. And it's our third year? Mm-hmm. We're on year three right now. Year three anniversary, man, soon. We gotta do something. Well, we are. We're going <laughs> on a road trip. Well, true, yeah, right? Yeah, and this is... It's crazy because we met through music. Like, just um, I was invited. I was invited to a broadcasting concert yeah. with our mutual friend, and he said, "Hey, just meet me here in this house." And he sent me the <laughs> You're address. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just he just sent me the address. I'm like, "Oh, you're cool." And he's like, "Oh, this is Joseph Martin's house." I'm like, "Oh." Uh, did you know me, or did you like know of me from high school, or not at all? Yes, uh, I knew. I knew of you. Okay. I, I never knew. Like, I never knew. I knew of you, but uh-huh. I never, we never talked. I don't think we ever said a word to each other in high yeah, school. Not, not, I don't, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing you and I knew who you were because I, I, I had also seen you at like the movie theaters for Marvel movies. But, oh, yeah. yeah. But that was that was it. Yeah, I know. It was just through mutuals. We never really yeah. like crossed paths. And mm-hmm. it's funny because like the moment we did, though, it was kind of like, we're, like bonded yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're bonded for life now. Yeah, we're bonded for life now, bro. Here we are. Look at yeah. us. <laughs> Look at us, man. And it's, yeah, we, um, we I think it was 2018. We went to the Brockhampton concert for Iridescence, yes. mm-hmm. and then after that, we clicked. Crazy show! And then you invited me. I think the next year you invited me to your girlfriend's party. Yes, that was in 2019, September of 2019. 2019. Wow! And that it was, it was crazy because what like what really blows my mind there is um, when you invited me to that. It was a very like warm and um, intimate. Space. Like it was just a handful. Yeah, it of wasn't people. that many people. It huh? wasn't, yeah. and I was the only one who was, I think, not part of that group. Or like, mm-hmm. well, you, you know what it is? I it, it was for, obviously for my girlfriend Ashley's party, but uh, she didn't want too many people there. If it was up to me, I would have invited as many people as I knew, you know. But since it was kind of just people she was cool with, you know, um, it was it was a really small circle. Yeah, yeah, and it was a uh, it was very nice uh, to be invited, and I think it, it sucks because I felt bad. Did I invite you the day of, or did I invite you like beforehand? You you invited me beforehand, like about. Uh, I have no clue what made days. me even like think of like I should invite Caesar. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, you invited me a few days, and then I realized that my older sister her birthday party was that day as well. So then that's why you got here a little bit late. Yeah, I got here like around eleven p.m. Yeah, and I didn't leave till like three a.m. or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, we were out here late. Yeah, it was vibing, bro. It's good vibes. Yep. And in those two three years, you know, like it's 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 very interesting on how we got to know each other and kind of understand how very similar, like like minded we are. Oh yeah, we're very similar. I mean, we're kind of different in a lot of ways, but very similar. I, I think similar frequencies, but different. Um, I mean, everyone's frequency is like unique in their own way. You know, that's, I mean, they could true. they could be like related, but everyone's different. I, I I agree with you with that. However, some frequencies are more bound to like connect to others. Oh, definitely, one hundred percent. I think that's called a dyad. A dyad. A dyad. Oh, that's something that to- um told in communication. It's a uh, okay. So the dyad. There's two. There's two ways I learned of this. The first way was actually through Star Wars. 
in the pre in the sequels yeah. that came out, Kylo and Rey were able to talk to each other from across the, the universe. And that was called a Force Dyad. I know you've explained that to me, and I still don't get it. Yeah, so it's pretty much a Force connection between two souls that are like mm-hmm. extremely unique yeah. and strong. And then I believe there's a scientific term that's the same thing. Like two particles that are very connected to each other have a strong connection. Yeah. And in con- and in communication, they adapt that to relationships. Mm-hmm. So dyads are known as like romantic relationships, your families, you know, like your friends. Would you would you just categorize it as like intimate relationships, or yes, is, is it deeper than that? No, intimate relationships. Because intimate, intimate relationships is when it gets deep. Okay. Oh, know? yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So we have a diet. <laughs> yeah, de- oh, definitely, dude. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I'm gonna start using that word now. Just today, I learned it's a cool word. Yeah. D i a d. D y a d. D y even cooler. Yeah, I know. It's. <laughs> oh, it's funny because I made a playlist, an R and B playlist called Diet. And I'm gonna have to check it out now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably I think it's the only one on on Spotify. So if you just search up D Y A D on oh, Spotify, okay. like on the playlist. Damn, I think it just shows unique. Me. I mean, I realized that no one had that name, and I like the idea of like it was between intimate relationships, mm-hmm. and my R and B album is a lot of like intimacy there. You know, like the vibe itself is very intimate yeah. and slow, and yeah. So I think it, it described that playlist very well. Definitely, yeah. But yeah, it's crazy because we, I mean, not, not we, but like, oh yeah, we both been through a lot. However, last year, uh, oh, yeah, last year was, was a tough one. I mean, we're not even talking about coronavirus. We're not, yeah. <laughs> besides coronavirus, what happened to you last year, dude? So, uh, I mean, I guess I'll just preface it with, I got diagnosed with cancer last year. Um, I don't mind being as specific as as you want me to. You can ask any question. I got diagnosed with testicular cancer last year. Um, I was twenty four, and yeah, I mean. I'm technically cancer free as of this moment um for now but it was it was a long journey man <laughs> a long journey that wasn't like compared to your, you, the 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 life that you've lived there was only like maybe like a small percentage of it yeah what's crazy is that i mean it kind of came and went i mean it's not over yet even though i mean i still go to the doctor every two months and i get blood work you know i get x-rays ct scans and everything on a pretty regular basis at least for a while but it kind of, I mean, the scary part is over for now. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember that scary part when you told me about it. Like You're one of the first people I tell, like yeah. I told in person. It's like I hadn't th- really t- like talked to anybody. I-, I think I posted it on Twitter before I posted anybody anywhere else. But in terms of like face to face, you were one of the first like five easy. Yeah. And what's um pretty, I don't know if it's funny, but like you have very dark humor. <laughs> super when, dark humor. when you first uh told me about it you're like oh bro like oh i'm going to the doctors next week you know like i might have cancer you're like well you're just like yeah, you was just so casual yeah, you're yeah. just so casual and <laughs> I, and i was just there and i'm just oh, how okay. how is that i mean on the opposite end of that i mean obviously i i'm the person who has cancer well like i don't know like i haven't had like a homie tell me something yeah, that serious spec- you know like, okay so when you first told me when you first told me about that through jokes in my mind, I was like, okay, um, okay, <laughs> like, like, let's, let's, let's hope, I like, let's hope it just stays this way, you know, like, let's hope it doesn't get serious. That was my first, my first thought of it. And then after, ever since you told me though, I did, that was in my mind now. I'm like, damn, there's a small chance my homie might have cancer. Dude, like, he might die. And I just met you and <laughs> yeah. like, we're kind of like in the honeymoon phase. Of, of, of our friendship? Yeah, yes, of our diet? <laughs> yes. And... I was like, fuck. And then when you texted me about that, I was oh, my God. I did not know how to. I didn't know how to talk to you because, first of all, I couldn't really see you in person. You, like, you told me through Twitter. Yeah, and then it was that period where uh, 
I mean, I'll go more into I'll go more into detail. I'll tell the whole story right now when we, when we still get into it. But that was a period where I wasn't sure. If, well, I couldn't be near that many people because I mean they didn't really know exactly what it was that I had, how serious it was because I had just found out. Yeah. So I had to like stay away from people, and it's like, dude, I just found out. So the only people I'm next to is my girlfriend Ashley and my mom, and you know the, the rest of my immediate family. Yeah, and as someone who couldn't see you. But, like, <laughs> got really close to you and cared about you. I was very worried. I told my family, dude. Like, I didn't know how to feel, so I told my sisters, like, hey. Like, that night you told me. Yeah. Like, I told them, like, hey. Um, do you guys remember Joseph? They're like, yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, okay, go, cool, yeah. Okay, so I told them that, you know, like, yeah, he just told me that he um, has cancer. And when that happened, just saying that, it did get me very emotional. I bet. I mean, like. Yeah. Because that was my first time actually feeling like like feeling it, you know. Well, like, yeah, kind of hit me telling someone saying that. Yeah. That's why I'm asking you because I mean I can only imagine being like it's, it'd be the same with me, yeah, spectator who had no control and who had zero control. I was helpless. Yeah, I felt so helpless. And yeah, and then the fact that like you can't even like go talk to that person, you know, I'm sure made it even worse. Yeah, dude. I mean, you're, like besides that, you you just suck at texting in general oh, at I'm all. Terrible you know? at texting. So with, Anybody who knows me, I'm sorry. With that, <laughs> it just made it worse. I'm like, fuck. So, um, I think I dropped off. I dropped you off edibles after that, your, that after was your that surgery. was after my operation. Already, after yeah. your operation, so I didn't like see you three for days like, after my operation. I think I didn't see you for almost like two weeks. After, like after the the surgery. After or? the surgery. Yeah, I think it might have been at two or three because I was. It, the cut was right at my waist, so like any movement that I had to do was, it was I wasn't I was bedridden for a solid two oh, or three you're weeks. Right. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It might have been more about maybe like a month to be honest, because I didn't really start like smoking, yeah, I smoking. I didn't see you again for a, for, for a minute. Time. I mean, I dropped you off edibles. Yeah, when you use them all in like three days, yeah. and I gave you like I bought like a week's worth. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was irresponsible, but fun. Yeah. Oh wow, dude! I mean, as long as it was fun. <laughs> Look at you now; you're okay. Yeah, but it was crazy, man. I mean, so. I was diagnosed officially. I actually don't remember the exact date, but it was some point in August. But this all started back at the first time I ever felt any kind of like discomfort or anything. It was uh, Tropicalia 2019. I was out at that festival uh, with my girlfriend, and I kind of was just uncomfortable, you know, for like throughout the day. It was nothing major. It wasn't painful. It was, it was just like I, I was aware of it, but it was nothing like ouch. This like I'm in pain right now. Um, but that was the very first time I could remember, like, noticing something, you know, something wrong, per se. And uh, so that's, a, I believe, in November or, or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was November of 2019. And uh, come January, I go on a, a trip with some friends to Big Bear. And uh, I feel it again up there quite a bit. And uh, when I get back, that's when, like, it started consistently. So I pretty much, uh, I was kind of just in pain at all times down there. It was just extremely sensitive. Um, if I was wearing pants, you know, I can't, couldn't even wear skinny jeans or whatever. Because, like, I'm talking about, like, it was just tender. Like, bro, like, you know how sensitive it is down there? Just imagine, like, it feels like you're getting hit, like, consistently, nonstop. And uh, so that started in, like, January. Um, and my dumbass didn't go get it checked out till like, April. And uh, I didn't even go. That's like, so like I went, four months. Yeah, it's about four months, which in retrospect doesn't even sound like a long time. Um, I mean, I'm not. I don't know if I would have went earlier. If things may have played out different. Um, I was never told that. I haven't been given any indication of that. But who knows? You know, if I would have went earlier, maybe things wouldn't have had escalated to where they did. Um, but yeah, I went in around April to urgent care. Um, got checked out. They gave me some antibiotics. They were like, "Oh, it might be like some sort of bacterial infection." Um, so let's. Take these, um, 
come back. Go to well, I went to urgent care, so it wasn't my regular doctor. They said go to your doctor, you know, get it checked out. And uh, I took the medicine and started feeling better. Some some of the swelling went down, pain went away. So I was like, fuck it, you know, I'm good. <laughs> and, In April. Uh, this is about, I believe, late April. Yeah, late April. Okay. <clears throat> and by the end of like mid May, late May, I'm in pain again, like consistently to like. And uh, this time, I'm. I decide to finally, I got to make an appointment. So I finally go to my. I I call my doctor, but at this point, I didn't have my insurance fully set up because I mean, I'm somebody who before this last year hadn't been to the doctor in a very long time. I mean, I go get like a physical a year or something, but. For the most part, I'm, I'm not. I don't go to the doctor or anything. And long story short, I hadn't really set up my medical, so I had to wait a little bit to get my medical set up and figure out who my doctor was going to be. You know, all that jizz jazz, and that was like a solid two, three weeks worth of just waiting. You know, before I could do anything. Before you even get it checked out. Exactly. Before I could go to like a doctor for a checkout, because I went to like urgent care. You oh, know, okay. so it's, yeah. I mean, they have. I mean, it was empty, and they just you know check you out with whatever they can. But um, so I finally see my doctor at some point in June. He's like, yo, this this doesn't look good. I'm gonna send you to a urologist. So urologist urologist is uh the doctor with that specializes in that field. Um, whatever. I mean, I don't know. General, just I don't know if it's just like the genitals, genital like... area, or what else. I believe it's mainly that, but I mean, either I, way, a specialist. I don't know, like, but yeah, it's a specialist yeah, okay. for that. So not like a cancer specialist, but just like that field, that area of the body. Um, and then I get there. So I go. They tell me what? What do they tell me? They tell me I need to get some blood work done, and I need to get a um, what's it called? Um, what pregnant women get? Uh, cat? No, not cat scan. Um, oh my god! Oh, what is it called? That that scan that they put where like they rub a gel on you? Yes, ultrasound. 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 Yes, ultrasound. So I gotta get ultrasound on my balls. So just so did he have to rub gel on it? Dude, I can't tell you how many different people looked at my my private area back in 2020. <laughs> oh 2020. I'm talking about like between thirty to fifty people, Jesus. different people just saw. Me. I, I I was just used to just having my dick out in people, like in front of people. At that point, wow. it's all, like to this day, bro. Like I'm still not done with it. Like I said, because I still gotta go get checked out and stuff. But uh, so I, I get the ultrasound and they're like, okay, um, it's it's it was funny because as I'm getting that, like I know at this point of the year, like I know something's wrong. You know, yeah. I I'm, I know something's wrong. I mean, I'm I'm not. I'm hoping it's not like cancer, even though in the back of my head, I'm I'm a pretty rational person. I I'm not really like uh, I I pretty straightforward in general and to myself. So I was like, dude, this this might be like really serious. It might be like cancer. Um, and uh, I asked her. I was like, are you? Even though I know her answer was gonna be no. Um, I was like, are you allowed to tell me? You know how how things are looking? Because I mean, this is their job. They know what they're looking at, and they're obviously seen whatever it is they're looking they're, they're doing the scan on on their screen so they can tell whether there's a tumor there or whatever it is and she's like no but just like her tone of voice and how she told me told me like something was not like good you know something uh, the, the news was not going to be good and it, there's literally like signs on the wall that say oh these technicians are not allowed to tell you your results like don't worry about like please don't ask i mean and even though i knew the answer like i said just her the way she answered it that tone of voice immediately like the nonverbal cues kind of gave like the body language or something it it just i just knew um so after that i'm not sure how long i had to wait by this point it's maybe july yeah because i mean this is already going to like doctors going back and forth going for blood work and some that so it's been a solid month and a half already since like the doctor was like yo i'm gonna send you a specialist it's been a minute a month and yeah like a month and a half wow um i think this was the time where you're like telling and joking oh i think i might have dude yeah (laughs) Um. Uh, 
So, come, let's fast forward a little bit to the day that I find out. So, it's on, like either a Monday or I think it's a Monday that I go in. And this shit is straight out of a movie, dude. Where I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie 50 50 with uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Seth been way Rogen. too long. I know of but, it. But. but anyway, like in the movie, like the day he finds out he has back cancer or whatever cancer that he has, it, it, like the doctor is just, he, he's just sitting in a room for a long time. The doctor comes and barely talks to him. And the doctor tells him, and it's just so nonchalant because obviously they're so desensitized to like just telling people bad news all the time. And legitimately, I started off with, I get there, my appointment's like at 10, 1030, and they're like, oh, your doctor's going to be like an hour late. He's at a different office. He can't be here because he's doing, I don't know what. So I'm waiting in this room by myself for a solid. Waiting for the results. No, Well, yeah, he's going to come and talk to me about my results, wow. but they can't tell me. He has to tell me. Yeah. Um. So I'm waiting in this room for like a solid hour on my phone, doing nothing. Doctor finally comes in. This dude says nothing. He just walks in, sits down, bring, has a bag on him. He opens his bag, pulls out his laptop. Like, does he barely even acknowledges I'm in the room. <laughs> like, you know, he might have looked at me, like, slightly, but... For the most part, this dude is just straight up to himself. He's not really talking. He opens up his laptop. He's doing his laptop, whatever, looking shit up. You know, I'm sure pulling up my results, pulling up my file or whatever. For a solid, like, ten minutes, dude. Ten minutes? <laughs> I mean, it might have... I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but it felt... It was easily between five and ten minutes. And, uh... I mean, it probably felt that way for sure, probably, you know? Yeah. Just you being in silence, waiting for the results. With him saying nothing, he's not helping at all. And whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And so he starts talking to me. I'm, I don't know how he told me but pretty much he tells me he's talking to me about my results and this and that and then the cancer word comes out and he's like tells me he has cancer and then i just kind of like you know like the shock hits me at that point because but he doesn't say like oh you have cancer and like to let me process it whatsoever like it was just mid-sentence this is cancer and he immediately starts talking about like all this other stuff and i'm still trying to like process this while paying attention because I'm notorious for not remembering anything. I have a terrible memory. And Ashley, my girlfriend's like, dude, fucking pay attention. So like, because it's serious, you know, you got to make sure that you, you're hearing like everything he's saying. You can remember what he's talking about. And uh, he tells me I have cancer and I'm just sitting there. I don't know what it is. That he's telling me all these terms about, you know, the different cells that I have and what kind of tumor it is and the alpha feed proteins that it's projecting. And he's telling me my numbers that. So. I mean, the way I understood it is that I had this, like, protein that was growing on, like, the side of my testicle or whatever. And this type of protein uh, or this, like, type of tumor or whatever it is, uh, sorry, it produces this protein called, like, alpha-feta protein. And that's, like, what the cancer is. Um, that So normal levels for a person for this alpha-feta protein in order to be considered normal, so under 6, this dude's like, oh, your numbers are, like, 6,800. Oh, what? So, and this is like legit, dude. I'm still trying to just process that I have what cancer, so fuck? and pay attention at the same time. So he's like, "Yeah, your numbers are ridiculously high. Um, we're gonna have to go in and take it out. Um, and I want it because like it's kind of you know it's serious. You know, we got to go in and I want to get it. It's Monday at this point. He's like, I wanted. I'm gonna schedule you for surgery this Friday, this the four days from now. And he's like, but. Like, since, do this, this is yeah, well, yeah. keep in mind one, we're in COVID, and two, there's other stuff, other types of scans and stuff that you got to get before surgery. So he's like, But you got to get a CT scan, an x ray. I need you to go get your blood work. I need you to go get this. Um, and I need you to go get a COVID test. 
and you need to do that all today. At this point, it's like maybe 1 p.m., and he's like, the offices are all closing like at 3.30 today, so you need to like leave right now and go to this place and go get this scan, go get this x-ray, go get your blood work, go drive here. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I'm someone who doesn't uh, eat food the first lunch of the meal, uh, the first lunch of the day past like uh, noon, so I haven't eaten at this point. <laughs> I just found out I have cancer. I just found out I can't even like... You're by yourself, I'm right? by myself, you know, I... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, man, it, it was, it was weird. Cause like, I wouldn't say I was like in complete shock. Cause like, it's not like I blanked out and you know, like I was like, I was there, but it was, it was really weird, man. Cause I have a, such a vivid memory of that day. Um, I got out the first person I called was my mom. I told her the second person I called was my boss. Cause it was a Monday and I was supposed to go to work. And I was basically told him like, like, dude, I'm, I have cancer. I'm not going in. And at this point, um, my job there kind of knew something was up already because um, obviously I'd been taking some time off um, for work, uh, for like doctor's appointments, um, missing days, you know, for this and that. And so obviously they were kind of aware. I mean, I, I told them something was going on, you know, medically. Um, so they, they were kind of aware. So I told my boss, um, I call my dad, I call Ashley and it's just, I'm just like in the motions at this point, dude, I went on like autopilot for that day, but it's, I went on autopilot, but I, it's weird because like I was just like watching it happen. I I I'm fully vivid. I have like I said, I have a vivid memory of what happened. But once I left that building to go to the next building to get this other stuff done, get my blood work done, go get a COVID test, go over here. It's just it was it's it was very like uh like I don't even know how to explain the feeling, dude. Like I was I wasn't just like sad. Like it was just more so like a shock. I guess I I don't know. It was it was crazy. What were you doing in the car? Like, as you were driving places, were you listening to music? Like, was there music? <laughs> I was hitting my packs. Hitting your packs? <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm beyond that. I don't think I was listening to music. And if I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, like, you don't remember it. I'm normally someone who listens to music, like, loud all the time. And I, for sure, wasn't listening to music, like, loud to pay attention to it. Um, wow. So, yeah, I finally get all those tests done. And at this point, Ashley, I mean, she, my girlfriend already knows. Um, so they're waiting for me, you know, cause I basically call her, um, after, when I first call her to tell her, um, I'm like, Hey, I, I can't even talk that much. Like I have to go get all this other stuff done. Like, can, can I just pick you up after? Like, I'm not going to work. Um, she says, yeah. So I finish up what I need to do that day. Uh, this is about 4 PM now. Okay. So I went into the doctor's like, at I believe my appointment was at 10 and or 10 or 10 30. So I'd been there like 9 45. And uh, I pick her up, and I just want to go to the beach. I just want to, like, get my... I just want to calm down a little bit, you know? Because, I mean, I'm not, like, overly riled up, but I just want to go do something peaceful in, like, one of my favorite spots, you know? I just want to let myself unwind. So I go... I Like, I pick her up. We go to the beach. Um, and we're just there, man. And, I mean... Over the last few years, I've been doing, like, a lot of working on myself. Um, I feel like I was at a point where while this information that I got of what's happening to me was shocking, like, I I was, like, mentally ready for it, if that makes any sense. Um, I don't think I've gone through, like, a ridiculous amount of trauma in my life, but like anyone, you know, like, I've gone through stuff. And I've done a lot of working on myself since about, like, 1920. And... I don't know, dude, like, 
I just happened to be in such a really good headspace when I found this stuff out because at the beach, we're just hanging out with my girlfriend, you know, just trying to process this stuff. And I just told myself that I literally told myself that, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of what, what it is that's happening. And it's like, okay, I'm, I can possibly face my death. Like I'm facing my death right now. The doctor told me that we're going to do, do this surgery. And if the surgery doesn't work out, um, I'm going to have to do chemo. But even if I do chemo, there's, but with the specific type of cancer that I have, if the chemo doesn't work out, these cysts can grow in my lungs, um, which there's still a possibility today, which is why I got to get my scans and everything. I forget what kind of cysts or whatever it is that grow in your lungs. Um, and if that happens, that will like spread more cancer. So if they start wow. noticing those, they have to open up my chest, crack my ribs open, go through and cut them all out of my, my lungs. And you got to keep doing that till the alpha feeder protein levels, which I told you was like above 6,000, is uh, down to normal levels. So they want you down under 20. If you're not under 20, you're getting chemo. At least that's what they told me. Um, he's like, if you could get under 20, no chemo, but we're still monitoring you. Like, if it doesn't go down slowly, even after you're under 20, you're probably still going to get a round of two or chemo. But if it doesn't go, you're going to get three, at three or four rounds, hopefully, at a minimum of chemo. Um, so I just told myself that I was going to be as present as possible. Like, I wasn't going to worry about anything in the future, um, any dreams that I had, any future aspirations, anything that was not, like, in front of me, literally, physically, I wasn't going to worry about because, like, I got this news and obviously, like, I'm sad, you know, I'm freaking out, you know, in my head and I'm just thinking about the people around me, like, <laughs> like my mom, my girlfriend, I, I, I don't want to panic for them. I want them because I'm being real with myself, dude. I'm like, dude, I could die. And if I, I like, I'm looking at it as like, if I die, how am I going to go about this? Am I going to like, just be present, try to, you know, look at this in a decent, at the best way possible? Like, am I going to freak myself out till I die? Or am I just going to accept what's happening? And if, I mean, I could die, man. Like, there's nothing I could do about that. I have zero control about what's happening to me. Am I going to choose to be down? Or am I just going to try to ride this out as best I can? And like I said, man, I don't know what all the events that led up to this happening. I, I was, I'm lucky enough to have a good support system around me. Um, I've surrounded myself with a lot of great friends. Um, and... I just happened to be in the right headspace for it because I uh, got my surgery, you know, just fast forward. I won't, I don't want to linger over this too much longer, but I got the surgery. Um, and it's legit like a nine inch. I thought they were going to go in for, you know, from like down there and just cut it straight out, but they cut you at the waist, like at your waist, a solid eight, nine inches long. Jesus and Christ. they like go in and cut it out. And at that point it's just recovered, dude. And, uh, I was bedridden, like I said, for at least like three weeks. Um, before I was able to go back to work, it was a solid three to four weeks. Um, and even then, I was kind of like really walking slowly, limping, like getting out of my bed. I have to be super careful. It's, I mean, it's your waist, you know. So any kind of movement, any kind of literally like, any movement, yeah, any yeah. movement is you're like stretching, you're putting tension there. So it's it was a tough recovery. It was my first major surgery ever in my life. Um, and it was just and like besides it being like your first <laughs> surgery, dude. Like some people like. They get their ACL tear and all, dude. You got a fucking testicle removed and a nine inch cut in your waist. Like it, like yeah. it wasn't an easy surgery as well. No, not at all, man. Uh, not at all. It, it was. Uh, I don't ever want to have to get another major surgery. <laughs> it sucked. 
I mean, looking back at it, I know people have way worse stuff, and I'm fully aware of that fact that all in all, I mean, they were they told me, they were like, you probably will be good, but keep in mind, if you're not, things can go very, very bad. You know, so I was right at the edge, you know, that, that like, oh, you're probably going to be okay is not, well, it's a little reassuring when you are facing your own mortality, it's, it doesn't do much. Yeah, dude, I mean... To be honest, I it's you were twenty three when this happened, right? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, yeah, you're twenty four. The way you process it, you know, the way that you reacted after was going to the beach with your girlfriend. You took yourself to a safe place. Yeah, you with someone who you felt safe with, <laughs> and you know, you like it was that was a really um that was a really good way to respond. Yeah, at the moment. And she told me, too, she, I mean, obviously, like, she, I mean, when she was at the beach with me, she did a pretty good job of keeping it together. But she said that after she got off the phone with me, when I initially told her that she just broke down and, like, her mom asked her what happened, you know, she basically told her. And her mom was like, all right, like, let it out now because he needs you, you know, like, you can't be broken down because, like, otherwise it's going to break him down, you know, so, like. Let it all out now. Get it out of your system as much as you can. You got a couple hours. Regroup, and you're you need to be his rock. Damn yeah. that! I mean, dude, that like she loves you. Look, you know, I love her, and I yeah, and definitely that. Um, I'm very happy to at least have. Uh, I'm very happy for you that you had not just like a family, yeah. but you know, like Ashley there too. Dude, it, it was a huge. I don't. The situation would would have gone very differently if she was not a part of my life, for sure. Yeah, like, what would you have done after? Like, gone home? Or <sighs> I mean... Gone by yourself to uh, the beach? Yeah, I don't know, man. The, the normal group of, like, close friends that I had are all, uh, you know... And this was in like, COVID, too, you know? Yeah, they're all living their own lives already, too, you know? So it's hard for them to just drop what they're doing. Like, you can when you're younger. You don't have attachments or responsibilities like that, you know? So... I mean, that day, I don't know what I would have done, man. Like, I really don't. I probably would have went somewhere, like, by myself, but I don't think that... I'm typically one that has a negative headspace. Like I said, I've done a lot of working on myself to, uh, you know, be at the spot where I'm at now, but I don't know. I I, I don't know if I would have came out as present as as I was if I would have just gone somewhere by myself because I, I typically get in my own head quite a bit. And who knows what have what would have gone on in my head by myself at that point. Damn, yeah, dude. I mean, in order to just, I mean, I I can't imagine how I would react, you know. And but you did the best you can, and I think that was a very that was the best way you can do it, you know. Yeah, that was the best way to react. Yeah, man, and it was okay. So my surgery was September, I believe, fourth. Okay, so I guess. I guess I got diagnosed either August 31st or September 1st. That was the day I got diagnosed because my, my surgery for sure was September 4th. Um, and after the surgery, um, basically at that point, I'm just getting blood work every week. Um, and they're checking the alpha feeder protein levels to make sure they drop. And the half-life of those protein levels, once the, the source, the, like what's producing it, it's supposed to, it has a half-life every week. Okay. Um. So every week it's supposed to go down by half. So it goes six thousand to three thousand. That's 2, how it's supposed to. Yeah. Um. And at first it was not looking good because I didn't have. Um. I went down not much. So like those first two blood tests, my doctor was like, "We're not. We're going down, but we're not going down as much as we need to." You know. So it's possible that one we either didn't get it all, 
and cancer is spreading or cancer spread already. You got stage one, right? Stage one, yeah. So can you explain what stage one is? Like, or like in a nutshell? Th- that I think? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not, I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. The way I remember it, stage one is, what's the word? I don't even want to like throw a word out. I want to say like a malignant tumor where the cancer itself, they believe is still in the tumor. It hasn't spread. Um, and that's why they wanted to work on me like immediately because like I had cancer, but they hadn't seen signs of it spreading yet. So I believe that's what stage one is before it spreads. Like you have it, it's in your body, but it's not going out to like your bloodstream, the rest of your body or whatever. It's just in your body as that tumor. Damn. I mean, that just shows how worse it could have been. Oh yeah. (laughs) But yeah, dude, that is crazy because I think after this happened, also you kind of went into a, a, <laughs> I went into a, a dark place once deep, I was done, dude. dude like <laughs> we had a very, 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 very deep conversation about death. Oh yeah, that that was a good long late night conversation where, again, I'm pretty like I said, I'm I'm very straight up with myself. I don't beat around the bush. I've I've always been like that. That's just the kind of person I am. Um, I tend to see the negative. But I'm a rational person, you know, so I I don't remember exactly what it was, but I basically explained to you how I felt like I was feeling a long-term near-death experience. Like, it was a near-death experience for me that was a multiple-month process. Yeah. Every day while I was, in, like, near dying. Be- with, with I mean, obviously, in the end, it wasn't that serious looking back at it. But the uncertainty of it during the moment felt like a near-death experience to me. And I had never, ever experienced anything that I would have called a near-death experience for me. I mean, ever. Well, this is definitely one now, you <laughs> yeah. know. And I think I think that's worse than like a, like a moment of near-death experience because you kind of, it's kind of, no, it's not, it's not kind of, it is your reality, you know. Yeah, which is why some people freak the fuck out, dude, yeah. because like, like I told you, I mean, I happen to be in a right headspace for this. But to be in that state of mind where your reality is flipped, flipped, and like it's a whole different, mortality... it's a whole paradigm shift, dude. I'm, like I'm telling you, I all of my dreams, all my life goals, everything I wanted, didn't matter anymore. And uh, that's like like you had mentioned after I was quote unquote cancer free officially. Finally, I mean, I still got to go get checked for years. I don't know how long, but. I mean, the cancer, once it reached the levels it was supposed to, under six, um, it was great for a solid week or two. And uh, it's like, I was so present during those months, just extremely present in a really good headspace. Um, I mean, you could ask my girlfriend, you could ask the people around me. I mean, I was, for the most part, I was, I was fine going through all this. Yeah, I mean, in I, my I head, just, I could say that yeah, too. in my head, I'm freaking out. But like I said, I, I'm pretty rational. Um so I had, I mean, I already come to, an, like, an acceptance. Like, dude, if I die, like, it's going to be okay. It's it's going to be okay if, if I die. Like, I just, I want to make sure that if I do die, I do what I can to make it as easy as possible for these people around me. That's that's all, that's all I was focused on, just the people around me. Because what's the point of focusing on my, of being like, damn, I'm not, I can't. I might I might die before I do this, or I might die before I can't. I might never be able to do this. And on top of all this, dude, COVID is going on. Yeah, 
This yeah. we're deep into COVID already at this point. You know, the election is coming up. It's it's uh the times that t- time frame was just really throughout the country was already really just tense. And you know, and I'm and, going through uh, all this. And you go, yeah, and this, you have like this already on the side too. And it's Jesus just like, Christ. damn, it was it was a lot. So after you know, I get after about those two weeks of a good high of being cancer free. Here come all the despair and the crippling doubt and the freaking out that that I had managed to avoid while I had the cancer and uh, I went into a solid funk like end of December, end of the year, beginning of 2021. And what I'm pretty sure it was is just that all the stuff that would normally you know get me down or you know whatever it is that would bug me throughout the day, um, kind of just creeped back into my head. You know, um, I did a really good job of being extremely present. I don't think I've ever been that present in my life. Of course, it is when you're facing death, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, I did a I did a great job of just tuning that out. But of course, once the oh, you're not gonna die every like you know, you might die. Once that's gone from your head, the rest of that stuff that didn't matter just inevitably comes back. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I, that kind of falls under. Uh... I think his name's uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, the, yeah, for sure. You know, because like that for, triangle. For yes, like um, it goes from basic needs to you know, like just like safety, mm-hmm. food, shelter, and then to psychological needs. Then after that, it goes to self fulfillment. Yeah, and you were so present that you were just <laughs> I reached the top. On, yeah, <laughs> dude. And then once it happened, reality came back. Oh yeah, reality came crashing back, dude. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure we had conversations then too, where I was just like, "Dude, I'm in a funk right now," and I know, like, I know why, you know. But um, I also got really into spirituality over the last like two years. Um, I first got into like Taoist books. Um, I'm really getting into Buddhism and Hinduism right now. But all of that stuff helped too, man. All that stuff really helped keep me sane during that time. <laughs> and do you think that was on accident or on purpose? No. How you ended up this? I mean, this is I guess there's a whole another conversation, but. It really feels like all of the stuff that's happened to me has, like, nothing was by accident. And as weird as it sounds, I've talked to Ashley about this. I haven't really told I don't know if I've told you, but I might have told you about this. But I don't know if anyone would believe me if I told them I knew this was going to happen to me. Like, you knew you were going to get cancer. I knew I was going to get specifically testicular cancer. I have no clue why. And I know people are going to hear this and be like, oh, it's easy to say that now that that's already happened. You know, like that's memory is such a a loose thing that that you just you're projecting that into your into your brain. But I specifically remember my junior year of high school, a teacher that I had, um, he had testicular cancer when he was younger. And I can remember that exact moment when he was talking about that, like at some point in the first week of school or, you know, early on in the school year. And in my head, I was like, damn, like that would be crazy if I got that. And then it's been in your mind ever since. It's, well, I mean, it's not like it was in my mind where I thought about it, but I definitely remember that. Like always. The seed was planted kind of. Yeah. Like I had always like, like I said, I wasn't like actively consciously thinking about it, but it was, you, you have those memories, those random things that you just, remember completely you have a vivid detail of what went on and it's nothing special happened at all and that happened to be one of those memories for me that ended up coming full circle do you think possibly like because of that 
You manifested it? Uh, I've thought about that. Oh, that <laughs> scares the fuck out of so me. What if you manifested or what if it was just destiny? That's well, that's what that's what I'm that's what I think. I personally think, and I have no reason to believe this. It's just what I feel. I feel like it was always meant to happen. I feel. I mean, the stuff that I'm getting into now talks about how your life is predetermined, but if you're able to separate yourself from yourself, you know, you are both the observer and the thing at the same time, and if you can observe what it is that you're doing, you can kind of manifest shit, you know? What was that analogy you explained um, the other night about, you're telling me how, like, you're looking, like, uh, over a bridge? So so this is, uh, this is my, anyone who's interested in the type of shit that I'm talking about, any type of spirituality, Eastern philosophy, Eastern philosophy, uh, there's a really good book on, some ideas are far out, but it's by uh, Ram Dass, R-A-M-D-A-S-S, it's called Be Here Now, which, uh, it's really become like a mantra for me. Um, it's just something that I catch myself telling myself all the time. And in this book, he talks about how you're on a bridge staring at yourself. No, you're standing on a bridge staring at yourself walk, walk by. You know, so like that's what your life is. You're both, you're both watching yourself do the thing, but you're watching yourself watch it. That's like the inner thought. That's the inner you, you know, like. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's well, it's tough. Yeah, no. Um, I remember the way you explained it, which made sense, but it was it's so kind of uh, it's far out. I I can agree with that. It's far but out. But like no, but like we're always in the now, though. You know, like yeah, we're sitting where we're sitting at right now. The way we're talking, mm-hmm. we're now. Yeah, the way like, you were like twenty minutes ago, you were now. The way you were two weeks ago, like yeah. that was now for you. Like none of that shit matters because it's all now. Like, yeah. and if you're just wor- if you're just focused on the now, and you're really aware and mindful of what it is you're doing how it is you're reacting are you reacting or are you acting to it you know like uh people are just sets of we just go based off of impulse you know we feel something and we do this and when you can start recognizing why it is you're doing stuff because of you know whatever it is that's happening to you happening to you you can change those patterns and of yourself and it's hard. It takes a lot of work, but it's it's just working on yourself, man, and understanding why it is you do stuff and what makes you react the way you do. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. I don't think I think people that have like anger issues and don't like to talk about them, you know, you can't even like mention their anger to them because they get mad. They don't understand why it is they're getting mad. And at, you know, that just goes to like a deeper issues that they have that something probably happened to them. At, at a certain point in their life that condition them condition them to react to this whenever this happens to them you know they, yeah, yeah it's a pattern that that was conditioned to them conditioned on them in such an early age that they don't even realize it and i don't know i just i, I want to be as mindful and aware of what it is i'm doing what i'm doing i'm always questioning why am i doing this you know am i doing this because i want some attention am i doing this because it's genuine am i doing this because of this am i doing this because of that that's the kind of stuff that goes on in my head at all times. Well, one thing that I noticed is that ever since you came into this shift of uh, like focusing on spirituality, yeah. it definitely happened right after the cancer. Do you think you would have you you would be in the same uh, moment without it? Mm, I mean, I wouldn't say it happened after. I was already starting to get into it. That is, like I said, I, I got started getting into Taoism um, because I was interested in the yin yang. Well, I mean, I, just, it sounds dumb, but I wanted to get the yin yang sign tattooed on me, but I didn't want to be one of those people that 
or like just have a yin yang on me. So I wanted to like understand, you know, the meaning of it because in my life I feel like balance is a really important, really important for me. Um, I find myself it, it it can be hard for me to balance, you know, the different things in your life, whether it be you know the social aspect, uh, you know, the work aspect, the school aspect. It, it can just be tough, you know, you, you know, the relationship aspect. It can just be tough to not keep a good balance and i've noticed i've seen that pattern and i've noticed when i do it when i make an active effort of trying to be balanced i'm in a better headspace you know things are overall just work out better for me okay well yeah i mean i definitely presence um so i guess i didn't even answer your question right (laughs) so i I don't know i mean i i maybe i'm into the spirituality because of what happened to me but I don't, I, I don't think it's only that. I'm sure it, like, pushed me further into it. But I was already kind of getting into it because I've had a lot of, like, existential life questions for a long time already. And I grew up in a Christian, you know, I grew up Christian. Um, I was raised going to church every Sunday. Uh, always were, was next to Catholicism. And I just never related to it whatsoever. Never really felt like home. Never really felt like I was part of a community. I just didn't relate to it. It didn't find it i did not find it appealing um so i went from a point of being like religion is not real it, like why do you believe in that stuff legitimately like i was a dick ask, yeah, ask my were, girlfriend were you atheist i didn't i just didn't know i mean i first got into science when i started having all these questions um i started reading astrophysics books um i just wanted to learn about the universe and stuff thinking that would bring me some comfort understanding you know why stuff works you know you i was kind of, i was looking at the like the equation of stuff but that doesn't give you any time of understanding as to you know those weird life pondering questions that you may have yeah well i mean either way i, I believe that you're know you're on the path of learning like to be present you know like yeah. to understand and appreciate life when i feel something i just want to be here now man like be here now. yeah because I, I i see so many people just planning for the future and you know, oh, I want to just work to retire, and I want to get this later on. This and don't get me wrong, having goals and stuff. I'm not saying all of that is bad. I'm just saying that if you spend a little more time worrying about now, right now, this exact moment, instead of you know preparing for something later on down the line, if you think happiness is down there, it's not, dude. Happiness is right here. It's it's in front of you, and if you don't figure it out now, you're not gonna have it later. It's not how it works. You got to start looking inward right now and just. Because at the end of the day, man, like, anyone, I've we've had friends from high school die, I've had family members die, and it's just like, you could just be gone tomorrow, man. Yeah. You know, all that shit you were planning next week, all that shit you were planning five years down the line, you know, I'm going to work now, and only, you know, now I'm not going to have any fun until I'm after I'm retired, and I want money, and, you know, just for later on, it's just, what's the point of all that, man? If you... How is that any different than just being happy right now? Because if you make a pact to just be happy right now in the moment as much as you can, you can have a happy life whether or not you have all this money or all this stuff that you think is going to make you happy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, And it's interesting because the way, I mean, it kind of, for me as well, it took me a near-death experience to start uh, shifting to this uh, mental uh, headspace where I could I could start appreciating now. How old were you when you had that? When that happened to you? I was, I was, uh, I was eighteen, turning nineteen. I was that this happened on August, and my birthday's in October. 
So I was almost turning 19. So, so you are in Chico State. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. So this happened um, in August. So it was the year after my first year in Chico. Mm. I was fresh off of getting kicked out. Ooh. I, I was a very, so it was the beginning of dude, the dark period. It was a switch. That's something that it blows my mind. So um, in during summer, I get the letter from Chico saying you've been academically disqualified. So um, Did you kind of know this was coming or was yes. it like out of left field? No, no. I knew this was coming, but I just didn't know when. So I was like, shit. Like, am I not getting kicked out? Like, I, I for a second, because it did, I didn't get it till the end of July. So you had some false hope that yeah, hey, some, maybe I'll be alright. Hey, maybe I have another chance, you know. But no, so um, she was like, nah. And when I got the letter, I gave it to my parents. And by this time, my <coughs> my dad lived in a little city called Tracy in the Central Valley. Yeah, he lived there by himself for two years, while my older sister, no, no, while. My younger sister was um, in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Once she went to middle school, I believe eighth grade, she, um, her, my little sister and my mom were planning to move my dad to, to Tracy. Mm-hmm. So they found a condo. They found a really good place to live in a gated community. And it had an extra room. And For you. No, but like. They didn't know. I didn't know, and nothing. Like, like at this point, they still thought you were gonna be a Chico, yeah. huh? At this crazy point, how shit works yeah, out, huh? dude. Like they were just <laughs> looking for places. This was the best place they found, yeah. and it had an extra room. They're like, okay, cool. Maybe we could just make a little office thing. Yeah. I get this letter, and now I'm moving in with them. Like we have a room. Yeah. Like you come up with us. So this was two weeks before I was moving to a city I don't know of. I just know one person. Two in the weeks. City. You found out two weeks before you moved to Tracy. Um, no, but this um my 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 this experience happened oh, okay, two weeks okay. before. Yeah. So um I was going to a city, I only knew one person, but we weren't even in like talking speaking terms. You just knew them. I just knew them. Or of them. I knew them. Yeah. And I was going to a new college. I had no friends and the I college was thirty minutes away. So in my head I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do? What am home? I doing? Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> the um, worst, dude. When you genuinely are like, "What am I doing?" And yes, we've all scary. been there. That's ah, oh, it sucks. It was scary, man. And I went on a beach trip with some of my friends from middle school. Yeah, and we went to Laguna called Table Rock, uh, which mm-hmm. is like a very it's it's a personal beach where it's a giant cove where there's rock walls uh, blocking. I it's like it's it's creates a personal beach. Yeah. And it's called Table Rock. I'm not sure why, but like there's in one of the cliffs, you can cliff jump. And we saw videos of it. We went to cliff jump. But the day we went, the rocks were very rough. I mean, mean, not the rocks. The The, water was really rough. Yeah. So when we went, there was a lifeguard there. And he told us we can't go. We can't go there. And the beach was separated by three sections because in the giant cove, there were kind of like layers of rocks. Yeah. And those layers of rocks. Those two rows of rocks that that created three different sections, you know, the middle, the left, and the right section. Everyone was in the left section of the beach. And I feel like I'm ad-libbing your conversation. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. And, and there was really no one in the middle or in the right side. Mm-hmm. So us, like, dumbasses were like, hey, like, no one on the right side. Let's, Let's go on the right it. side. So we go on the right side. We set up camp. Oh, not camp, but like, we set up our, our tent. Yeah. And by this time, the lifeguard came to us and, hey, just let you know, like, like, you're not supposed to jump. You're not supposed to jump. Like, I'm not going to wa- stop you. He, he just told us this water. No, he stopped people. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. He'll stop people from going. Like, when, when he sees, like, there were some other people that came that went on the rock and yeah. the lifeguard ran and, and told him to get off. 
and he told us that the water was really rough. So we're like, okay, cool. Good to know. And we go in the water, all of us. And then, like, in a matter of, like, five minutes, ten minutes, people start getting out of the water because they realize I don't think you told me rough. that part of the story before about the lifeguard. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it'll eventually come back. So, um, slowly but surely, everyone of the group starts exiting the water. And all of a sudden, it was just me and, like, two other people. One of the guys, I was in the water I was in, it was probably, like, from my hips, but the waves are so big that it'll go over my head, which was about, like, a, noped, oh, which about was, which was like a six-foot wave. It's a red flag. You know? And, I mean, I, I was always confident in my swimming. <laughs> I always liked the beach. You know, this mm-hmm. is the first time that I ever experienced something like that. So, in my head, I'm like, okay, it's fine. And then I turn around. My friend is about six, uh, six feet away from me. No, 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 maybe like five yards. He's wearing a mask? <laughs> well, he was in the water. He was struggling, dude. He was struggling. And then in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, he's struggling. I should probably start heading back. So I start trying to swim back. But the moment I started swimming back, got pulled. a giant wave came, like a huge-ass wave came, pulled me back, and it pushed my homie forward. So then all of a sudden... You're like twenty feet away from him. I, yes, like I know I'm farther away from. Him. Like yeah. what the? I'm like what the hell? In like I can start swimming huh? back. Hey, yes. So did you like get submerged in the water, or did you just feel like was your was your head? No, out my of body, it my body just like the did water you, just pulled me back. Like it, it was a wave where it but pulled you me back. But you didn't go under. You no. just, oh wow. Yeah, it pulled me back, and then it pushed the other guy forward because like. Is that it what they call a, a riptide? Or yes, whatever? I was okay. caught in a riptide. That's this what you're supposed to swim sideways, sideways right? Yes, I did not know that. <laughs> and also, like the sideways between, like the sideways for me, dude, were to, were either a giant rock wall where the waves were yeah, crashing. Yeah, I can imagine it's hard to even figure rocks. out what direction you you need to go at that moment. But there are rocks either way on both sides. So, dude, like I'll get fucking like rocked. I, yes, <laughs> you know, it was no crazy. pun intended. No pun intended. So, all of a sudden, um, I get pulled back. And I start trying to swim forward as much as I can, as fast as I can, as hard as I can. Oh, no. And every single time I try to swim forward, I get, keep getting pulled back. And all of a sudden, I go from being 20 yards away to 50 yards away. Like, I'm so far off where I could see, like, like the giant rock walls, I was past that. When you, I could see the other side. When you realize this, what's going on in your head? Or is it just straight up so, survival mode you're I was not in, thinking? I was in survival mode because... I was kind of riptide. The water was so rough that it was going over my head. So I was constantly swallowing water. Oh, so even oh. though I was floating, I was still drowning. Oh, my, my lungs already hurt. <laughs> and I, I do. I was swallowing so much water. I, 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 my head was up, but the water was so rough. I it could only getting, do get, so much. It kept getting in there. Yes, dude. Like the waves were going over my head like constantly. And by this time, by the time I'm 50 yards away, everyone in the group I'm in, they're all huddled up in the shore looking at me. And are like, they like yelling or are they just like or straight up trying to see what the hell's going on? Oh. And I raise and I jump. I try to jump, pull, jump myself out of the water, and I uh, raise my arm for help. I see, and then I see one friend trying to run to the water, but that's all I see. All of a sudden, I I, I go back to like floating and yeah. swallowing water, and then at this time, I'm no longer aware of what's going on. I'm just in my head. I'm just thinking. You just water this is, is this everywhere. Is it? I like, can't breathe. Yeah, like I in my head, I was like, "Is this is it? Like, is this how I'm gonna die? Like, okay, this is it." And once I went to, you, that you literally space, thought that. Yeah, I was like, "This is it. Like, 
Like, I don't know what the hell did I want to do. Like, this is it. That's, that's crazy to think of, says the guy who had cancer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because, like, you had time I mean, to that's, process Yeah, that's that. a whole different... Yeah, def, yeah that makes sense. You yeah. had zero time had to zero process. I had zero time to process it, so I just automatically accepted it. And that time where I accepted it, I was just in my head, and... Did you, I like, saw... physically let go? Or, like... No, no, I was no? still floating. Oh. Like, I was still... Like, my body was still floating, but I was just no longer aware of what was going on. Like, I, my eyes were... Pro- I don't know if my eyes were open. I'm pretty sure they were. But I wasn't looking everywhere. I wasn't looking... Like, uh-huh. I was just in my head. I just remember seeing my life flash before my eyes. I saw... How vivid? Chronologically. I mean, I can I cannot re-imagine what I saw. So... I believe there was a small possibility DMT might have like been flushed out to my brain. Oh, well, that's definitely what happened, dude. That's <laughs> that. I'm like, I mean, I cannot think of the science behind it, but I'm like positive that's what happened. Yeah, because I I cannot recreate what I saw. I just remember seeing uh like so many different memories. You, like, you were tripping though, fuck out, dude, dude. And this was probably a span of like thirty seconds, probably even less. Yeah, and I see because so, I'm sure so what, much with happened, what you dude. were going through just felt like ten minutes. Yeah, and um, all of a sudden, I um, I see as I, I see so many memories. I see my life, like literally, like memories of my life, chronolog- chronologically, kind of getting progressing their way towards now. Then once I get to the present, I kind of open my eyes again, which my eyes were already open, but I just open my eyes and I see the lifeguard throwing me a, a life jacket, a little floaty, like, thing. a little floaty thing. And by this time, I grabbed it. And I, he's like, you know, he, was, he was like taking me to the water, dude. Like going back the to the water. Thinking, he's like, this dumbass, dude. dude he was like, told this little shit, man. Like fucking idiot, <laughs> honestly. And he's taking me back to the water. I mean, he's taking me back to the shore. And it probably took like a minute. So I was in a minute out in the water trying to get my like my breath back, or just, just just trying to get back. Trying to get back, yeah. Not 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 physically, because I was still like like drinking water. When you had water in your lungs, dude. Salt water. Yeah. And I was trying to, just trying to like get back to like where am I? Yeah, like I I was literally in another world. Like I don't know. I just saw my life flash before. My, so I'm in the water. I'm all I'm all I'm in open water. I accept it. I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm gonna die. Like this is it. And all of a sudden, I my life flash before my eyes. And then next thing I know, there's a floaty right right in front of me, and I grab it. And and like I'm just getting pulled, so and I'm right. like, wait, okay, wait, where am I? Like, like, what is this floaty? Okay, the lifeguard's taking me back. Okay, I'm still in Laguna. Okay, like my friends are there. Okay, I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live. And then Damn. like I get to the shore. I get to the shore. I tell him thank you. And uh, he just said like like no problem. And then he just goes back. And then I go to my friends and Damn, like that's crazy to think that like lifeguards legitimately. Prob- I mean, do you think that was, on average they save like one person a day? I don't know about one person a day, but. 100% they save lives. 100%, yeah. they, like 100% they say like that man saved my life. I wish I could fi- find him now, you know, but I, I don't know yeah. how to find him. I don't know who he was. Like, yeah. He was just this really in shape white dude with like some long, tan like, as hell, bland, long blonde hair, tan. Yeah. Beautiful. He had, dude, he was beautiful. He, he had like red, <laughs> like, I mean, like he had his lifeguard, like, like on shorts. Yeah. He had glasses on. He was super cool. Damn. Like, the but, life of a lifeguard. Yeah, he yeah he saved my life. Like I would I would have died without him. I I I genuinely uh, accept that. And it's crazy to think that you're talking about this. And you remind my mom actually had like a very similar experience to you. She was somewhere in Mexico and got got. I mean I don't know all the details, but she got pulled by a riptide as well, and she thought she was gonna die. How did like do you know how she was like saved or somebody pulled her out? I believe I, it might have been a lifeguard. 
it might have just been someone random. I, I I don't remember all the details, but she said she kind of like Ooh. accepted it too, and like she saw shit. So um, something I also forgot to notice that since we're we're in a riptide and the wa- that water was fucking nuts, the lifeguard needed like the scuba flippers like on his feet, like he put those on and like I noticed him taking them off like when he got to shore, so he needed that. Damn. I mean, do they normally just throw those on, or I don't. I mean, I'm pretty. Sure, I mean, never paid attention to a lifeguard. Judging, like you know, he he knows that area. He mm-hmm. he works there, you know. So Definitely. he's like, all right, if an idiot goes to his right side when there's kind of riptide, the water's way too rough. I should probably have these on to yeah. make it easier. So that's what he did. That is, that's crazy, man. I mean, I'm someone who wouldn't even put myself in this situation, like. That looks like I could die. I'm not gonna do it. I've only um ever since that that happened when I was like 18, 19. Dude, yeah. I've only been in deepish water, deepish water. I don't know why I said deepish, deepish water once after that in the ocean. Fucking traumatized, dude. Dude, I'm traumatized, <laughs> yeah. and like I'm very, I was barely processing that because the place where I lived in Tracy with my family, there was a pool, and the pool would only get about six feet deep. Dude, whenever I was like, did you think about it twice before like going in? No, no, the pool. I was like, oh, I was oh. chilling. I didn't know what, like, I didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen. Like, I was like, I, I didn't think about the trauma or like, yeah, my response. But I get in the pool. I'm just chilling. All of a sudden, again, in the six feet deep end where I, I can't stand anymore, mm-hmm. and I freak the fuck out. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I'm freaking you out. Just went back to that moment or what? Yeah. And then I just stay away from the deep side, and I would just chill there, and like I would swim, but. I would never want to just... I never want to get the feeling of floating again. Like, I do not want to have to float in water. Yeah. I mean, I bet after going through that, that's just like an instant trigger. Yeah. And it was interesting because after that, like, that was my near-death my near death experience. After that... Do you think you learned anything from that? Yeah. Other than I almost died? It was an on-switch, kind of, in which I just got kicked out of school. I, I was a huge failure. I was super depressed. That, wow, that's, like, great. I mean... Um, might not be the right wording, but that's good timing. It was, no, it was great timing. I'm very grateful for that near death experience because it definitely changed you. Changed me, yes. Like, dude, I started. I was a completely different person before that. Yeah. And um, the reason I am right now, who I am, is because of that experience, that, dude. That, that near death experience planted a seed in me that made me realize I wasn't really happy with who I was mm-hmm. and my relationships. Oh and yeah, that's. That's yeah. the that's how it starts, dude. You you realize that hey, things aren't as I would like them to be. You know when you really look at it. Yeah, and, and that like it was it it I wasn't mature enough where I could have learned that. Like at the moment, it mm-hmm. was just a process. It was just a seed that was planted. You learn from me. experience. Yeah, yeah, you know, and especially grateful for like learning for taking classes on communication on relationships, just to better myself. Definitely now I could see how that seed is has blossoms into Blossomed, me. Yeah. You know, to who I am right now. Like I would not be the same person without that near death experience. Definitely. And I'm grateful for that. And it's just really interesting how like we kind of both went through that and have a very similar mindset in life with yeah. the importance of relationships, the importance of presence, but mm-hmm. very different ways yeah. how we got there. Yeah, man. I mean I remember Going back to that specific conversation that you talked about that one night that stuck with you, um, I remember talking about just being like, I wonder what this is gonna like if if I don't die, I wonder what I'm gonna like get from this, yeah. you know? Because it's all it's all a lesson, you know. 
It, it really is all experiences, you know, and especially something as important as crazy as that one was. I'm, I was just, I mean, I don't, looking at it now, I'm probably, it probably pushed me to, you know, way deeper into the, the spiritual realm. But I don't know. I, I, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not even done with that process, so I'm sure I still have yet to see what what seeds will blossom from this. I mean, you're planting seeds right now as we speak. Oh, yeah. I feel we always are. Yeah. But you plant more seeds when you're more mindful and more present. Yeah. You know, because I mean, that's how you plant seeds. You have to like take time in that moment to like plant a seed. Yeah. You, you can't just expect a fucking seed to just fall off of you and grow like mm-hmm. magnificent. You know, it has to be deliberate. Yeah. And that's something I love, man. That's something I really also want to do with others is plant seeds. And that's the goal. After my my near death experience, I kind of had this epiphany of wanting to be a positive, like a positive uh, source of energy in this universe. Like mm-hmm. I, in my head, I'm like, okay, so if I was gonna die, how was I going to be remembered? How did I impact people's lives? And I wasn't satisfied with that. Yeah, man. And then when you really look at it, you're like, damn, I'm kind of a dick. Yeah. And then that's when I started that shift of like, okay, I should probably be, I want, I want to be more nicer. And then recently I kind of realized how like the, the, the analogy of planting seeds, Mm -hmm. like that's exactly what this is happening with me right now is that I'm learning and I'm processing and I'm trying to live life in a way where I can plant positive seeds to as many people as I can. And like that's why I'm starting this, you know, yeah. like maybe someone will learn something from this. Like little seeds, yeah. like something people don't even know, mm-hmm. you know. Like I mean, if even if it's one person, dude, that's that's the whole point. Yeah, man. Like growth and to like what's crazy is that though it's it might just be one encounter that you have with one person, who knows what you might do to this person. Yeah. You know, like that's th- those are the seeds. Like that's the important of seeds is that you don't if you like if you don't know what seed you plant, you have no idea where the hell is gonna how it's gonna end up. Yeah. But that's the beauty of life, man. You know, like it it just it might end up great. It might not end up as nothing. Yeah. But the ones that end up great are something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And you know, just equally too, you gotta be prepared for those bad seeds to sprout too, because they will. Oh yeah. But I mean, that's when it comes. That's when mindfulness comes in to kind oh, of yeah, like because you're able to patterns, you're able to control your actions, you know, and then yeah. how it is that you react to the things that are happening to you. Instead of just letting them happen to you, you kind of can choose how it is you're going to react to it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's something I'm I'm practicing on doing right now is kind of understanding the patterns or yeah, understanding patterns in my life, but not in a very direct way. Mm-hmm. Um, I I talked about you I talked with this i talked about this with you briefly of how like some of the patterns i've been picking up in my life is uh how a lot of times i always notice putting myself in leadership positions yeah and it goes all the way back to like at least high school dude like i'll just take control of like of the uh, of Mm -hmm. of a fucking project or a group thing or you know of a hangout hey let's do this it's just something that's natural for you yeah and then that you didn't even notice you did i didn't i did not know that you just did Yes. And now you're the observer. And now I observe that I did it, you know. And it happened literally earlier this week where um, I met up with a group for a class I'm yeah. taking. And I, I just took control. We finished, like, pre- like, we finished preparing everything in a matter of 15 minutes, which was super fast, super efficient. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, wow, like, this was so easy. This could have been way worse. Yeah, it, <laughs> it could have been. If it wasn't for me. Nah, 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 nah. nah. <laughs> 
but i'm just no it's not just me too because for some reason like in order to do that you have to convince others that like they could follow you or oh, they yeah. could listen to you i mean you, you gotta you know? be a, you can't just want to be a leader. You got to, you know, it comes natural, I'm sure, too. I mean, those leadership qualities, you got to have them. Otherwise, people won't just fall in line. Yeah, I think there's two main components when it comes to leadership to a good leader is that in order, like, you need to have good leaders in life because that is what affects the motivation and the production of whatever you're doing, of whatever product you're doing, whether it's like a, uh, an album, uh, building, you know, like a uh, presentation, whatever yeah. it is, a good leader, you need a good leader to. That's not very socialist of you, man. <laughs> in order to be a good leader, man, you <laughs> have like I, 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 to be productive and if and and motivating though. But with anything in life, you know, with mm-hmm. work, you know, with school, like with teachers, that's just the fact. You, dude, you learn the most. Pe- with there teachers. needs to be someone in charge at all times. Yes, but then they have to be good and influential. Though. Oh yeah, they like, can't be. A dickhead. If they're a dickhead, you're not going to feel motivated. Yeah. If they're a dickhead, you're not going to be productive because you'd be like, "What the hell?" Oh, maybe you might, but out of fear, which is not good. And we've it's all had healthy. those jobs where you got a really cool boss, and even though you don't really, you're not a, like a huge fan of your job, you don't mind working because that person, you know, makes it easier. Yeah, being a good leader. No, exactly, and that's something that I've been trying to practice and be mindful of, of what I'm doing right now every day at work. Mm-hmm. Like I've been a leader at work and I've been in management for about four years now. This is a fifth year, I believe two years in McDonald's, two years in, in Tierra Mia. Oh, yeah. I believe, yeah, I believe so. So with that being said, I, uh, after four years of doing this in my head, I'm like, okay, I really want to make sure that, I could be motivating to these people. I want to make sure that they are they productive as well. Yeah, I don't want them to hate their job when I'm when they see me being the manager. Yeah, exactly. You know, but at the same time, they don't need to like me. They just oh, need yeah. a, like kind of uh, respect. You definitely you know? need to keep that fine line of boss and friend, which is hard. But it's that's, super hard through practice, though. You yeah, know? and I'm starting this at such a young age. I'm excited to see where this goes. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because it could only go up if you put the work in. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, if you don't like put the work in, you'll slack off. Dude, but every, you're not that kind of person. Um, there was a there was a quote I read like in high school saying, I think it was Kevin Hart, like everybody want to be great, nobody want to put the work in. Yep, everybody want to be great, but nobody want to put the work in. Yeah, was that on Joe Rogan? I don't know what that was on. Um, I don't think so. I think it was on one of his specials. Oh. But did he, did you watch the that Kev, the first Kevin Hart one on Joe on Joe Rogan? That was yes. really motivational. Dude, the second one's motivational as well. I don't think I finished the second one, the, but... They're both great. Like, mm-hmm. Kevin Hart is a very... I did not know he had that type of mindset, but at the same time... It seems time, like it's not real, but, I mean, I believe that yeah, there's believe people it. out there like that. Yeah. Why not? Why, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not? Like, look how look how successful he is as well. Like, yeah. if he was just funny, like... Like, only Dave Chappelle is that funny. He would have burned out already. Where, yeah. Only yeah. Dave Chappelle is that funny where he could do, like, what he's doing right now. Dave Chappelle's just such a good storyteller, man. It's just... Dude, he's... Like, he's so good at, like, catching little things. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, it's just... It always comes down to this. I always say this. I say this a lot. I'm pretty sure I've said this in other podcasts, but some people are just built different. But they're built yeah. different to kind of... Like, it's kind of a destiny that, like, they're just... um As long as they follow the path and learn to act rather than react. Mm-hmm. Like they could, they could fulfill their potential. And one of my biggest fears in life, for me personally, is unfulfilled potential. That's the worst. That dude. scares it's like that this, me a that, lot. Uh, skit on Igor. Yeah, I, I I can't think of the exact words, but it basically talks about like 
There's nothing worse than wasted potential. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, that shit crushes your spirit. It yeah. really does. Yeah, I hate wasted. It really potential. does, dude. And that's like the perfect way of putting it. It crushes your spirit, you know. And you get these people that live their whole lives not live their whole lives unfulfillingly. They don't do anything that that makes them happy. That I just do it for capital or for status or for power. And it's like, or maybe just. It's not, don't not, even have time to do it. Yeah, you know? they don't have time to do it. But not not even to say that those things are bad, but it's not. What's the point of that if you're not internally, you know? Yeah, but maybe some happy. people are internally. Like, who knows? You know, maybe someone is. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying different. there's a lot of people out there that yeah. don't put enough work into themselves and they I don't agree. understand why they're not happy. You know, they don't understand why things aren't working out for them, but. They've never looked inward. Yeah, it's it's substituting work. So everybody want to be great instead of great. Everybody want to be happy, but nobody want to put the work in. That's a yeah, I like that. That's good. You know, dude, like everybody want to be happy. Yeah, because also something I but noticed. This, yeah, there's a process to it. Man. So like when it comes to patterns, it, you know how like a lot of times it's really easy to not easy, but it's more, um, there it's more uh, it's highlighted more. To find patterns that re- that are resulted through like anger or sadness, like those are the easiest ones to point yes. out, or those are the ones that stick out because those are such basic emotions that we all yeah. look regularly. However, I feel a lot of people should like. I feel we should also focus on the patterns we do when we're happy and when we're at our zenith. You know, the most powerful and successful. Like, what are we thinking? What are we doing when we're at that moment? We don't notice we're at that moment. We you're don't not. know what you're we're not doing thinking, until you're, you're, you're at yeah. the sadness moment, at the, at the, yeah. at the downhill. And, and that's the thing is that when you're in that, you when you're in the flow state of the universe, um, but when you're like, you know, in a good headspace, when things are going really well, when you're happy, you know, we all go through those cycles of good and bad. You know, sometimes we're in a good streak. Sometimes we're in a bad streak. But when you're not in the bad streak, it's hard to see. You yeah. know, because you're just doing, and what what's happening is that you're not thinking about, you're not overthinking about shit. You're just you're just doing because it happens to be working out for you. What happens now though is that when the when the funk comes, when you know when you're having those bad days, you start thinking and you stop doing, and that just you know that just progresses the problem even That's further. That's a really good way to say it. Wow, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Stop thinking. Like. Yeah, because when you're happy, you're you're you're, you're just doing, doing man. You're just thinking. in the. Think about it. Your best moments, your bet the happiest moments in your lives are what when the moments when, when you're, you're most present. present. Yeah, yeah. And then those were memories as well. Like the most vivid memories. Yeah, are when you're I mean, I, I I have for sure. Like I could think of some of my happiest memories, and like I've for sure a few of them as I've gotten older. You when you can get to a certain point in your life when you're something's happening and you. Uh, you, oh, at least me. I I only speak from experience. I say you, but when I say you, I'm really talking about me. Okay. But you can get to a point in your life where you can you realize that, like, damn, this is one of those happiest moments of my life. Like, I, like I'm I, like I'm aware of. You kind of just take a step back real quick, yes, and you just let it all just happen, and just it's a, such a good feeling. Oh. You just go back into it. You stop. You you just start slightly thinking about it, you know, because you just you 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 realize you see that pattern. You know, and you're you're aware of it, and you just let it. You just take a moment to soak it all in, and then you just go back into it, man. And no, yeah, um, I I agree, and I I definitely practice that. So the way I practice that, though, honestly, I mean, I don't think this is gonna work for everyone, but something about me is that I love stargazing. But then I started, I started focusing more on the sky during the day. I I used to hate I used to hate the sky during the day. Mm-hmm. 
Well, here in LA, it's not the prettiest yeah, at times. Yes, however, sunsets are gorgeous. But they're gorgeous because of all the bad shit in the air. Well, also clouds. So yeah, um, I mean, after like a rainy day or something, when, whenever you get a nice it comes sunset. to whenever it comes to part like partly cloudy, I notice like the thin clouds are the best ones for sunsets, and it's gone to the point where I can predict that because when they're thin clouds, it it, it becomes like a pink. Mm-hmm. When yeah, there's thicker yeah, clouds, yeah, yeah, is yeah, red. Yeah. But when there's thicker clouds, it's harder for it to disperse. Damn, more. I've never made that distinction. Well, the reason why I noticed that's because I would look up started every up. day, dude. Yeah, and it's gotten to a point where whenever there is a beautiful sunset, I I take at le- at least at least fifteen seconds of my life to step outside every day. Or whenever there's a beautiful can, when sunset, whenever I can, when you're aware of it. Yeah, whenever I'm aware of it, I step outside for fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. I just look up. And I look at the colors, and I realize that, like, that's happening now. Yeah. And then it kind of reminds me of, like, work, life. It's you all know, right, like, man. It could, yeah, like, it's all, it, it things could aren't, be worse. Yeah, it could be way worse. And, I mean, so, so one would say, oh, like, that's what's, uh, you're not validating, you know, your experiences, you know, just saying things could be worse all the time. But, no, I don't see it that way all the time. I definitely think some people do that, you know, where they minimize their own experience comparing it to others who have it worse and that's not to say that what they've gone through is not as significant but at the same time you could look and just be like hey yeah things might be bad but other people some people have it way worse man and yeah. honestly like it sucks but it's okay and you're alive which means yeah you you're alive about yeah it, you know and you're here right now and so yes. be here now and that's my like that was my way to be here now. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is my way. The I love star- way. I love stargazing. I love looking at the sky. I love looking at sunsets because it reminds me of now, and it's something that I oh, always yeah, look forward I to. I like that. It reminds you of now. Yeah, like, and it's funny because it happens a lot at work. Whenever I work during the middle, like, during a mid shift, which is during the day, mm-hmm. the end of my shift is usually during sunsets. Oh, lucky. So um, the store I work at, it's a very beautiful, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot of big glass windows. Yeah. So whenever there's a sunset, I could see it whenever, like, I could predict the sunset. That's like, nice. I, I, I work in a room with zero windows and I realized recently that I'm just like, damn, I wish I could see the sun. Even through a window, I wish I could see the sunset yeah, like every it's day. It's nice, dude. It's a... Uh... There's been some times where I'm throwing the trash out or whatever from my press room. And it's a beautiful ass sunset, and I just sit there for a second, just be like, "Damn, I took for granted when I used to work outside all the time, and just was able to see the sunset every day." You know, I didn't look up as much as as much as I want to now. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's like I said, it's not for everyone. However, that yeah. definitely helps me, keeps me grounded, and it's something that's so small. But so often, which I'm really happy about. Like, I'm so happy that there's nice sunsets every, like, at least every week. So, yeah. like, if I can't even do it every day, at least multiple times a week. I, I try. My girlfriend and I try to get once a week. We're not as consistent. But we see the sunset, like, three, four times. Maybe three at least uh, times a month. Also something Which, I with our schedules, is, is it, I mean, it's not a lot, but it works. I mean, dude, any... Like, those are just three more moments of your life now that you can just appreciate. Yeah. You know? That's one way to look at it. And mm-hmm. that's, and um, whenever there's beautiful sunsets and I'm at my house, I'll tell my parents, I'll tell my sisters, hey, there's a beautiful sunset outside. Is everyone like, so? Yeah. They're like, <laughs> so? I'm like, dude, like, and I mean, I don't think that also they just don't feel the way I do. You know, yeah. they don't understand it. 
of how it makes me feel. They just look up. They just look up. They're like, "Oh, it's nice." Okay, and then they just go back to regular yeah. life. But when I look up, I look up and I remind myself, like, "Okay, I'm alive. I'm looking at this right now with my naked eye. The colors are beautiful. Nature, Earth created this. You know, I'm just spectating this. When in reality, like, like you know, like I'm I'm spectating the moment rather than You're spectating my the life. Simulation. Yes, it's beautiful, man. It's something I'm really grateful for, and it just started for me. It just started this past year. To uh, being more mindful mm-hmm. with sunsets and little moments like that, and I hope it just continues to evolve to yeah. more, more moments like that. The challenge is keeping that same headspace, that same mindfulness when things get bad. Yeah, that's the, that's that's what's tough about like this this path. Of, you know, trying to be more mindful and aware. It's not it's not that it's hard to do. It's hard to do when shit gets hard. Yeah, no, and, I, I and agree. that's when it's most important. You know. Yeah, because when it comes to, like, yeah, I mean, whenever shit goes hard, and especially if you can't control it, you you kind of start asking why, and when, like, sometimes... Shit just it, is. Yeah. There is no why. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, everyone goes through that, you know, that's something that... It's a part of life, all of it. Dude, like, and, like, life is hard. Yeah. Life is so hard, mm-hmm. and people don't, like, some people don't realize how... It's a constant cycle of up yes, and down, man. You know, it's, it's literally a, that. That's the only constant. It's change. The only constant is change. Yeah, I mean, like look at us now, dude. Like compared to t- twenty years old, like compared to twenty twenty year old you to now, who's turning twenty five, like totally different person, dude. If if you met your twenty year old self, how do you think that interaction will go? I feel like I've always had this idea of I want to be the person that I wish I had. You know, I didn't really have like a, I always I kind of wish I had like an older brother or, you know, just a, more of a mentor, a mentor as I grew up, you yeah. know, um, telling me some shit, giving me advice about other shit. I kind of just had to figure shit out, um, which is why I think I'm at the position I'm at now. So definitely, dude, if I'm pretty sure I'd be everything that I'm telling you, I'd be telling my 20 year old self, man, because this is all stuff that I'm learning about all these concepts and whatnot. And I just think about, man, if I had somebody when I was younger, just tell me something or plant this seed way earlier, like things could have been different or shit could have not. I should I maybe wouldn't have suffered as much It's not that I, not to say that I, I wanted things to change, but my level of suffering could have been less. And your level of growth would have been more. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely, I think um, lack of guidance 100% makes life harder. And, and lack of guidance mm-hmm. is lack of mindfulness of others. And with me, I just, I mean, when it comes to kids, like, I don't want to have kids till I want to have a lot of these life experiences and I want to understand myself because I want to be a parent who who knows what to tell my kids with whatever situation it is they're going through, man. Like, I want to be able to... I don't want to just shut it down because I don't know. And also, I come, as many of us do, from a generation of parents who, you know, like, mental health and anxiety and all that stuff is swept under the rug or it's not really believed. Yeah, So, like, I want to work on myself enough so that I have such a great understanding of myself that shit that my kids go through, I can be of guidance for them. 
instead of having if it's I, I'm someone who always had to look for guidance and spent a lot of time in my life looking for guidance, um, looking for this, looking for that. What's the answer of this? How am I? Why am I doing this? And I just I want to be that person for them because that, I mean the reality of it is that everyone has these anxious thoughts. Everyone goes through whatever it is you know that they're gonna go through in their own life, and it's hard by yourself, man. If you know, it's hard to figure it out by yourself. So, like, if I could be that that bridge to le- less suffering for my kids, that's what I want to be. I don't want to, and I, I mean, obviously, I know stuff could happen at any point, but I don't want to have kids until I feel like I'm at that point where I can raise a good human that's not going to, not to say they're not going to have hard times in this life, because that's part of it, but I just want them to understand how to maybe get through it and the least with the less least amount of suffering as possible just by, you know, showing them their certain perspective or teaching them about certain like, shit. Planting seeds is like a young age, man. Telling uh, your your five year old child that like just let go. Like Well I mean your obviously your there's dead. there's ways <laughs> like Bro, everything dies. He's one, dude. He's one you know, with life, like, you know. You have to realize, son, that everything dies. It's a part of life. It's a part of life. It's a cycle, you know. Don't worry, something born will come. No, of course. I mean, it's not not I mean, again, it's about planting seeds at a young age. And for oh, me, yeah, these definitely. seeds were planted until like late teen, late teens, early 20s it, that know, are just starting to blossom now. So imagine here. being imagine being able to have a headspace like this when you're 15. Yeah, or be planted a or seed not, at not, 15. Not yeah, exactly. Not even a full understanding of awareness, but like at least being like, at least Trying to understand yourself yeah, at, dude, that, at a younger age. It, it would make life so much easier because, yeah, like you dude, said, you less suffering. All, all the ex- I think of the shit that I went through with high school and all the insecurities and stuff that I had could have been a little easier. Not gone, but could have been a little easier. I still deal with major physical insecurities that I've now realized is an attachment to my body. So, <laughs> I mean, without getting too woo, woo-hoo, um, I am trying to, like, right now, one of my biggest personal goals is to detach from this body because i have major physical insecurities like major and I, I know where it comes from like without getting too much into detail that's a whole nother podcast but uh i just i understand what the cause of that is now so i'm trying to like break that pattern trying to detach myself from this because uh like with with stuff that i'm learning uh i reincarnation feels right to me i think i think that's that's what happens. I mean, it's it's all on, like that's your life. Yeah. So think the way you do, and I I totally agree with you when it comes to understanding patterns. That's definitely something that would be benefit to be more mindful of. Yeah, because I mean, if you could have a kid who's secure, then I mean, obviously the trials and tribulations of life are gonna happen. But if you could, I was not secure of myself until easily like twenty two, twenty three. <laughs> that's late in my opinion and i went through a lot of extra shit that maybe i didn't have to go through or did some stuff that i didn't might not have done if i would have had just a little more awareness you know so that's the goal i mean i want to raise a little human that's not gonna be one who will freaking, plant seeds itself yeah you know? one will plant seeds himself but also just look inward from a young age you know but obviously it's about learning how to present that to them in an age-appropriate fashion. Yeah, I mean that's. And I'm no, I'm just learning about this stuff, so I'm. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm not the right person to ask of how to do that. Yeah, I mean it's a process, dude. Just like everything in life is a process, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's very. Um, 
it's 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 crazy to see how much something could really grow if you just put time into it. Yeah. Like just just think of our relationship. You know, like oh, we've yeah, only dude. known each other for two years. Dude, yet. we definitely have met in other lifetimes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, even with those those people that you just instantly click with. How? Why? Like, yeah, like your souls are probably like, or probably we've like, met before, dude. You know, whatever whatever that time was or wasn't, just our souls have definitely intertwined at some point or mingled with each other. It's at some point. Yeah, dude. we're all just working out our karma through these bodies, you know. Yeah, and um, I'm excited because this episode is most likely going to air before a road trip. So, uh, well, I mean, that road trip will be the way later in the year. Yeah. So hopefully if everything goes Zenith well, from on the road, dude, hopefully if everything goes well this summer, Joseph and I will go on a road trip to take astrophotography from LA all the way to Monument Valley. We're going to stop by a few national parks and beautiful places of nature on the way and on the way back. And who knows what we're going to do there. But I mean, we know what we're going to do there. <laughs> Some of it, you know, however, definitely excited for that. Because, like like we mentioned before, you are a photographer. You love taking astrophotography, and that's, that's something yeah. we're going for. Mm-hmm. And the experience... So, dude, so, I'm so excited to do it. I had to put all this shit on pause last year because of cancer. I, I remember... Oh, I, I'm so ready to do it. I remember stuff, I was <laughs> asking you that last year, and you were so like, um, dude, honestly, I'm not worried about I'm that. I'm not worried about any and of that. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're right. You're right. Like, <laughs> you had, you humbled me kind of because I was... That, that was kind I of... I was dying, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, no, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, with that being said, dude... I uh, appreciate you coming up here and uh, coming on here and telling your story of like your near death experience. You I know? appreciate you giving me a platform to tell it, man. If anybody could take anything from it, whatever it may be, I mean, that's that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, I really hope so. I def, I definitely, I I hope so. That's, a, I mean, that is the goal as well. You know, just plant seeds and just mm-hmm. understand life better through perspectives. Yeah. and you share your perspective of life. Of how it would be to have a long-term near near-death experience. And I mean, my way is one way you could go by it, man. I mean, there's multiple ways, but you don't have to just freak out. But with anything, whether that be cancer, whether that be you know some anxiety, any any type of triggers that have, I mean, try to be mindful. Try to try to pay attention to what it is you're doing. You might not be fully aware that you're reacting a certain way yeah just um pay, be mindful of patterns in life be here now just be here now dude be here now because yeah, in reality that's all that matters that's that's all there is you know next week is not doesn't matter you could die before that you know someone you love could die before your life can get your life is going to get flipped upside down i eventually i promise you that will happen many times and it's going to continue to happen it's it's not something that you can escape you know so practice we're, you know, practice, you, prepare you, prepare that, that, that mind that you have for those things, you know? No, I agree. Be here now. I believe that's a really, um, that, that, that's definitely the message of today, you know? Dude, that's like my life message. Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel that's uh, a really. I, I'm becoming extremely annoying. That's, I'm telling you, man. It's like dude, a, every I mean, day part of my conversation hey, now, it just comes up like, dude, just be here now, man. Be here now. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Thank you again for being here. And for those who are not yet, you could find us on, you can find me on Instagram at Zenith underscore podcast on Twitter as well. Soon other places. Definitely look for the Instagram first. There um, you could find, click the link in the bio to access everything else that's available. 
um, to re- you could reach out to me mm-hmm. if you guys want. You, uh, Joseph, you want to share your socials? Uh, my Instagram is J S P H M R T N. It's Joseph Martin with no vowels. Um, I'm sure if you just put Joseph Martin in, might probably might find me. But yeah, check it out. Um, I have a lot of big things planned for the future. Um, I kind of took a step back these last year and a half, and my art. But uh, you got some got some big plans, you know. So excited to see where that goes yeah. for both of us, you know. But yeah, thank you again for staying. Uh, thank you again for everyone who's been here, who's been listening to this. If you're not, it's your first time. Either way, thank you. And with that being said, you already know where you can catch me at the zenith. <laughs>